Hello and welcome to today's Here's to Your Health podcast. I'm Don Lintzman, Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. My guests on the podcast today are Kelby Eck. Kelby is the Director of Emergency Services and Corey Rayovich. Corey is the EMS Coordinator here at CCMH and thank you both for joining me today. Thank you, Don. Thanks, Don. We're going to have a little conversation about EMS Week, Emergency Services Week that's coming up next week. And um, I think to give everybody a little bit of context, uh, Kelby, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about EMS Week? Um, so EMS, actually, in the grand scheme of things, is a relatively new service. It's only been around for about 50 or 60 some odd years as a concept. But in 1974, Uh, Gerald Ford, president at the time, uh, authorized EMS to have their own celebratory week. So uh, in 1974, he commissioned all EMS services across the nation to have a a week designated to them uh, where local communities, medical practitioners, all that can celebrate the dedication and commitment that EMS providers have to their, their community. 1974. I was in high school. I I think my dad was in high school. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's good to know. Absolutely good to know. Corey, um, emergency medical services is really an extension of the kinds of care that people would normally expect that they would get in an emergency room and in a lot of instances within a hospital. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about emergency services and the kinds of treatment that uh, EMS providers are capable of uh, giving to patients? Well, um, EMS teams all over the world, they provide life-saving care to those in need basically 24 hours, seven days a week. Um, provide We provide them with access to quality emergency care that dramatically improves the survival and recovery rate of those who experience sudden illness or injury. And part of the reason why that happens is both of the training yep. and the equipment. So let's we're going to go a little off script here, if that's okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the equipment that we now carry in our ambulances, because going back to 1974, yeah. there's, not yeah. a lot of, there's not a lot of health care to buy. Right. Not like there is today. Not right. much health care to buy. Right. So basically, it was a couple of people with a gurney, they, and most of those ambulances look like hearses. Yep. And so they would they would go out to wherever they went to pick somebody up. They basically put them on a gurney. They might have had oxygen, might have. And then put them uh, put them in the back of the ambulance and drove to the nearest hospital. That was the extent. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of stabilization on scene back in the day, but as soon as you got them in the or in the hearse, what looked like a hearse, you got them to the nearest hospital as quick yeah. as you can. Mm-hmm. It's a it's incredible the amount of changes that have been made in the EMS world, the amount of stabilization care. I mean, you, you can provide just about any medication that would be used in a rescue situation or in a life or death situation in the back of that ambulance as you're going down the highway and as opposed to what it used to be. And I think what's interesting to me is that the, the technology mm-hmm. that we could employ now on you know in an ambulance things that would have normally only been considered hospital based in the past and i'm thinking of things corey like the 12 lead and some of those kinds of things for cardiac patients yes can you talk about that just a little bit more um our cardiac monitors were able to get a cardiac cardiac strip basically on all of our patients that would technically need one and if they're in a, a life or death rhythm that we can transmit that actually back to our hospital so that way our hospital team is ready 
for whatever services need to be provided, whether that be um, us getting them a helicopter and getting them to a higher level of care or getting medication started that need to be started right away. Yeah, life-saving life has really changed over the last 50-some years. My guests on the podcast today are Kel Biak, the Director of Emergency Services, and Corey Ravich, who is our EMS coordinator here at CCMH. We're talking about EMS Week, which is coming up soon. Um, you know, right now it looks like uh, we're growing our EMS services, or at least we'd like to try to grow our EMS services beyond the emergency designation. There are some communities already involved in this, and Kelby, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what I think we're calling the Community Paramedic Program. Right. So Community Paramedicine, or Mobile Integrated Health, is going to be a team and a service provided to some high-risk individuals, folks that recently got discharged from a hospital stay, folks that were recently in the emergency department itself with something that you know is fairly critical or could turn critical quickly. Uh, we're going to begin integrating the paramedicine group as well as some nurses and educators to go out in the community and service individuals in their home or, or in their place of work, wherever we need to meet them to make sure that they are on track with the plan of care that them and the provider came up with and that they have all the resources that they need to continue to improve their health and provide or and stay away from those critical incidents. Yeah, and I think that's important because um, we all know that uh, Medicare and Medicaid and even private insurance mm -hmm. trying to cut short hot hospital stays send people home as quickly as they possibly can. Right. And yet, when you do that, you need that follow-up in order to be able to make certain that people stay well. And there's a lot of folks that don't have the accessibility to come back and forth to the hospital three or four times in a week. So we're just basically going to take the hospital to you. We're going to bring a nurse along. We're going to bring a paramedic along. We're going to bring an EMT with a cardiac monitor along. And we're going to do a checkup on you. I think that's, once we get that program implemented, we'll have another mm -hmm. conversation about that. But I think that's a pretty exciting development. Corey, when we talk about EMS, and you work a lot with our ambulance crews, mm -hmm. um, the trainings and the certifications that they have to receive are pretty extensive. I mean, obviously, again, going back 50 years ago, 1974, you basically had a driver and another person, guy, gal, whatever. Uh, but today, it's totally different. Yeah, it is. Um, for our first responders, they are required 48 hours of class time. Um, that also includes skills time. EMTs are required to have 150 hours. Um, at advanced EMTs, which anymore you really don't have a whole lot of the advanced EMTs. They either go from the EMT straight to the paramedic or they just stay as the EMT level. But the advanced AMT, AEMT needs 200 hours of classroom and skills time. And then the paramedic, it depends on where they take their classes. Paramedics are anywhere from nine months to sometimes a year or two. Um, now, in order to go past the EMT level, you have to have your EMT first before you can either be an advanced EMT or a paramedic. Plus, that doesn't count include all the continuing education hours that you have to take every two years to keep your license up to date. I think most people in the general public listening today would be amazed by the amount of education 
that our EMTs and um, even our first responders have to have in order to be able to be certified to be able to provide that service. Yeah, uh, Getting certified is only the first step. Uh, maintaining the most up-to-date and most recent knowledge and understanding trends and why we change different processes of treatments, that's that's really what's involved in the, at the heart of EMS and, and everything medical for that for that point. So uh, my guests on the podcast today are Kelby Eck, Director of Emergency Services, and Corey Ravich, EMS Coordinator here at CCMH. We're talking about EMS Week. And and I, I guess having talked about the education and the time that's required, all those things that go together, there's been a lot of talk recently about the the lack of EMS volunteers and even paid staff mm-hmm. in departments across the entire country. Yep. And, and I and I don't know that I would ever um, lobby for the fact that we should have less training, but somehow we need to be able to figure out how do we make this work? How do we get people involved? Community resources is going to be a big part of it. Um, If you're on the fence about joining a volunteer service or even joining the paid service here in town up here at the hospital, um, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for a ride-along. Come and see what it's all about before you dive in head first and get yourself really involved in it. Or uh, take some of the classes. There's an awful lot of grants out there and an awful lot of scholarships and fundings through many different sources to at least get your feet wet and see if it's made for you. Um, even if you don't, you, you can't be wholeheartedly into it, work 40 hours a week or more doing EMS work. If you can lend a hand once or twice a month on a call here or there, Every little bit helps. Yeah, Corey, I think we're in pretty good shape in terms of numbers for EMS, EMTs, first responders, paramedics uh, in Crawford County. But but I know that people come and go, right? People retire. They do. People move away. So there's there's this constant need. So just in Crawford County now, if you could just give me kind of an idea of where we stand with everything, because that might help some people get off the fence and decide to get in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you that a lot of the volunteer services are looking for more members. Um, Again, like Kelby said, there's scholarships, there's grants out there. Um, We at the hospital are currently actually working with Western Iowa Tech as well as Iowa Western um, to try to set up classes and get more people involved. Um, We do have a few agencies that are struggling a little bit. but they're still able to keep their services going. Um, I, I guess like Don and Kelby said, you know, if you're interested, please get a hold of a volunteer member of a service or one of the paid members here at the hospital. So let's talk about that for just a second. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about a ride along, um, you know, potentially talking to people in, in one of the communities uh, around the county about potentially volunteering for them phone number is there some place that you can actually go to talk to somebody about how you get involved Uh, pretty much in each one of the communities in the entire county all the small towns around here uh, it it doesn't take much when you start asking to find out who's on that volunteer team or who's the service leader for it and if you have any questions give us a call up here at the hospital we'll be able to hook you up with the right resources Mm -hmm. and the right phone numbers as well the number up here to the hospital is 265 Two five zero zero, and just ask for myself, Kelby, or Corey, and we'll be able to point you in the right direction. And having said that, um, I know we also do for for people. You know, it's it, the, the the worn out phrase is it takes a village, right? Yes. Right. 
And obviously we need as many EMTs, first responders, paramedics as we can get to help us with the service. But, but in the community at large, there are some trainings that we can provide that actually these are extenders. And you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be emergency services personnel in order to be able to administer some of these things. I don't know, Corey, can you just kind of fill us in a little bit on a couple of the trainings that we do provide that just regular Joe mm -hmm. Schmo like me in off the street could, could potentially learn that could help save a life? Well, in Crawford County, I know that we're fortunate enough to have several Stop the Bleed instructors. Um, I think that this is beneficial in the community because, you know, you get so many of these injuries out there that just nobody's not nobody's for sure how to actually treat them um, the stop the bleed course is an excellent course to go through and um, we also have several CPR instructors in the county um, that are open to not just medical professionals um, but we are open to the public for anybody who's interested in learning CPR which again I think is a very important skill to have um, because you just never know where you might be and witness somebody go into cardiac arrest. And I would absolutely agree with you on that. Um, there are a lot of things that happen in a community. You can't ever, uh, you can't ever foresee uh, how those things might play themselves no. out. So being, no. having that education is an extremely important part of uh, what we can do to help uh, our people in uh, in our community and, and our survival rates when we have those kinds of instances. And there's an awful lot of those courses out there, Don, that they're free of charge. Mm -hmm. So if somebody doesn't quite understand it the first time that they go through, ask us to sign you up again. We'll send you through the course again. We'll get the right education or right educator with the right learner, and we'll we'll do our best to make sure that you can understand and identify all sorts of different emergencies, whether it's traumatic injury and bleedings, uh, cardiac emergencies and first CPRs, yeah, first aid, just in general. There, there's a wealth of knowledge out there. All you got to do is ask and we'll point you in the right direction. So one more time, the phone number? Phone number 265-2500. Ask for Corey or Kelby. And we'll help you out. We'll help you anytime. Thank you both. We got one more thing to okay, add to this week's podcast, do Don. Uh, next Friday, May 26th, uh, starting at 5.30 p.m., we will be hosting a EMS Week celebratory barbecue out here at the parking lot of CCMH. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to fry up some or grill up some hot dogs, hamburgers, etc. You know, it's going to be free of charge to anybody that wants to come and celebrate EMS folks. Give them a pat on the back, uh, especially the volunteer services. We're going to have a handful of those folks around that are able to be there with us. Uh, just shake a hand. You know, tell these guys thank you for all the service that they do, the education hours they put in, the volunteer time that they put in, making sure those ambulances are up to snuff and ready to go for that next call because you never know when that next call could be you. And it would give them an opportunity to see some of the technology that we talked yes. about yep. today, the yep. equipment that we have, because you'll be able to come and tour an ambulance. Yep. And yeah, some of yeah we'll have it wide open. We'll walk you through it all, take a look at it. It might be your first step in getting your feet wet in the EMS world. Wow. Next Friday, May 26th, 5.30 p.m. Hospital parking lot. Be here or be square. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Thank you both. My guests on the podcast today, Kelby Eck, Director of Emergency Services, and Corey Rayovich, EMS Coordinator here at CCMH. I'm Don Lintzman. I'm the Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. We care for life. <laughs>